0: This is episode 203 of The Amy Aylers Show. And I'm your host, you guessed it, Amy Aylers. The Amy Ayler Show is for ambitious, soulful, high-achieving, badass women just like you that are ready to stop being so hard on themselves, that are ready to release self-bullying and embrace self-compassion, self-love, and wake up to their inner wisdom so that you can enjoy your life and have more happiness and joy. And today's episode is a really special one because I invited my dear friend and mastermind buddy, Andrea Owen, to come on and talk about her new book, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit right? I mean, don't we all want to stop feeling like shit? Andrea is a fellow podcaster. She's a life coach. She is an amazing woman. I adore her. This was a hilarious conversation. And if you'd prefer to watch the video version of this Facebook live broadcast, just head on over to amyaylorshow.com forward slash 203. And you can check out our beautiful mugs while we keep it real with lots of truth telling on today's show. You're going to learn all about how to stop feeling like shit. Andrea gives us so many amazing tools to use so that you can really release those perfectionistic ways and really step into more fully loving yourself and celebrating your life. I know you're going to love today's show. And if you do, will you do me a quick favor? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review the show. I know it can take just a minute of your time, but I'm here to tell you the more reviews The Amy Ayler Shows has, the more women that are going to find the show. So I deeply appreciate it. It's really one of the highest compliments that you can give me. So without further ado, on to this Facebook Live broadcast that is now here in this audio format just for you. On with the show. Okay, here's my question for you. Are you tired? Sick and tired? of feeling like shit? Are you just fed up and ready to stop feeling like crap? Are you ready to stop beating yourself up? Are you ready to stop being a perfectionist? Are you ready to stop being an overachiever to the point of exhaustion? Are you ready? This is what I love this in this book. Okay, here we go. Are you ready to stop the compare and despair game? Are you ready to stop being an asshole to yourself? That's what we're going to talk about today. So hello and welcome. I'm Amy Ailers, the Wake Up Call Coach. Welcome to the Amy Ailers Show. And we have a very special episode today that we're doing via Facebook Live with my dear friend, mastermind buddy, Hellraiser, life coach, best-selling author, Andrea Owen. And I'm so excited to have her here She has a new book out that's called how to stop feeling like shit. And I don't know anybody in the world that doesn't (laughs) want to stop feeling like shit. So I'm so excited. Hello, darling. Thank you so much for being here with me. Well, with that intro, let's
1: throw confetti and (laughs) have a dance party. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to it all day. Yay. Awesome, honey. Okay. So
0: Let's dive in because I know that we have people here that are aching and itching and longing to stop feeling like shit. I know that you've been coaching for a really long time Mm -hmm. and as have I, right? So we get to see behind the veil of what's really going on in people's psyches and what they're really telling themselves. What are some of the things that you've really noticed over the years that had you pour your heart and soul into this incredible book?
1: I, well, I mean, without going too much, I can go into my, my background story, but I had a pivotal rock bottom moment in my life, which I I don't think that everyone has to have those rock bottom moments in their lives. I think that you can definitely have these like micro moments that add up to a, a big, a big thing in your life, but I had a moment in my life about 11 years ago where at the end of the day, I decided that I needed to take responsibility for my life. I had spent a long time thinking that if everyone else would just get their stuff together, if everyone else would just change. And and when I say everyone else, I mean most specifically the person I was in a relationship with, you know, my closest friends, maybe my parents my boss, if they would all act as I wanted them to, then I would be happier, you know, then I wouldn't feel like shit. But I had this rock bottom moment and one of the biggest lessons, what I picked myself up off the ground, was that I was the common denominator in all of it. And I had, it was time for me to take responsibility for my life. So it wasn't about putting all the blame on myself and saying like, this is all my fault, all my fault, all my faults that I ended up there. Some of it was because I hadn't listened to my intuition. A little side note, but it was really about looking. You know, when I re- you know made the decision to take responsibility for my life, it was about shining the light on my and everything from my thoughts, which I know you talk a lot about too in your work, yeah. to the behaviors that those thoughts were creating in my life. And I noticed I had uh, big problems with perfectionism and control at that time. They, those were probably my two biggest. Yeah, along with. No, that's, that's a lie. There was also overachieving and <laughs> numbing out and isolating were probably my big yeah. handful of behaviors. And then when I got into this work, I noticed that I wasn't the only one, you know, I was right. paying attention to my clients and the <laughs> women in my classes and I was having conversations and I was like, oh, we all struggle with these to varying degrees, but we all struggle with this, these behaviors. And so that's when I really started to to dig deeper in the lives of uh, the people in my community and Um, do some research on it and see what was up with it. And then the book was born. I love that. Well, and one of the things that I really want to highlight that you said
0: there is that you had that rock bottom moment, which I really want to encourage everyone. I always say, go out and buy three copies of the book because you need one for yourself. You need one for that best friend, for that person, you know, that's totally feeling like shit all the time Mm -hmm. you can gift it to. And then I always like to keep a third on my bookshelf So that when I'm having a dinner party or someone's dropping off their kids at my house and they're beating themselves up, I can be like, I have the book for you. And then we can surprise them with it. (laughs) So I really want to encourage it because you, one of the things I love about you, and I know this is why you have such an incredible following and huge podcast at Your Kick-Ass Life, right, is because you are so deeply honest and truthful about your experiences. And when you wrote in the first part of the book about your rock bottom I just was, uh, I mean, like, A, it's it's always fascinating when you know someone when they're on the other side of their rock yeah. bottom, and I'm like, it's unimaginable to me, the situation that you found yourself in, and who you were at that time, and compared to who you are now, and so you're the ultimate possibility story, and it's so, it really, I mean, it's really deeply inspiring to me when I get to know, like, wow, and here's the thing that I want everyone to know that's listening, people put their best stuff in their books. Mm -hmm. It takes us, having written to myself, it's like, these are our babies. And so- Masterpiece, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really (laughs) is. It's like the best, like you distill it down and you spend so much time. So I really wanna encourage everyone to go there. You're gonna love hearing Andrea's story. I won't make her talk about it right now, um, but so I, I love that a, and then the other thing that you said was that you took responsibility for your life instead of blaming yourself in your life for your mm-hmm. life. Talk to me a little bit about the difference between that. Cause I know the blame game is one of those habits that you
1: talk about in the book as well. Mm-hmm. You talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay. So here's the difference. It's such a great question. I don't think anyone's asked me that question yet on an interview. And I, I, it, it, there yeah. is a huge distinction. So if I were to blame myself for everything that would enable me to be little bit of a victim too. And sympathy and like, trust me, I was in that place for a minute (laughs) because it was easy for me to get sympathy. Like you guys, my husband had an affair with our neighbor and got her pregnant. And then I dated a guy who lied about having cancer to cover up his drug addiction. Like it was easy for me to like, get people to be mad at them and feel sorry for me. And like, I played that sympathy card for a little bit. Trust me. Yeah but that doesn't create change that allows me to like stay stuck in that story of like, "woe is me? And isn't it so hard for me? And that was not empowering at all. What was mm-hmm. empowering. And, and when I say I took responsibility for my life, I took my power back. And, yes. and honestly, like, I don't even know if I took it back. I think I took it for the first time. I don't know if I ever had it in the first place. Uh, and it really was about, um, empowering myself. Yes. And there was so much relief and, and, and freedom in that and peace of like, Oh, I can actually change my own life. I don't have to rely on, you know, for a long time, it was, I was relying on the person I was in a relationship with to make me happy. Or I was relying on the size of my body to make me happy. right? Or I was relying on, I mean, people have different things, how much money you're making, you know, this, your status and things like that. But it was, it was about me taking my power back. And being just like really in the driver's seat of my life.
0: Yes. And that's what I think is so beautiful about the book is that this book is all about taking your power back because where our power lies the most. And I really believe the thing that is holding, especially women back the most is how freaking hard we are in ourselves. Yeah. And when we can start changing what is happening internally, the external world will absolutely start changing for sure. Yeah. And just the way that you can deal with, you know, cause shit's going to happen. Crap's going to happen. Life happens. This is not about, oh, if I, if I have the internal dialogue, if I'm meditating every day, then that means nothing's bad is going to ever happen to me. That's not no, the human experience. We're
1: not bulletproof. Yeah.
0: We're not. And so if instead you can change the lens that you're looking through, it will just be such a relief from so much suffering that we cause
1: ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I wanted. You know, this is something I talk about in the introduction to the book, and I always like to say it. And every time I'm talking about it is yeah. like, this isn't a book of like, here, Amy, here's the 14 ways that you're doing life wrong. Right. You need to read <laughs> this book and fix it. And your life is going to be great. I didn't, because sometimes like some self-help books can like kind of make you feel like you're doing it wrong. Right. And I wanted this to be a book of like, hey, you guys, here's the 14 things that we're all doing to a degree. And, and quite honestly, these are things that have worked for us for a while, you know, right. perfectionism and overachieving got me to graduate, you know, with honors from college right? <laughs> and control. Like, Hey, you know, if you work at a nine to five job, you probably want someone on your team who struggles a little bit with control because they're efficient and productive. Right. It's so, like these things work until they don't. Right. And what I want this to be is let's be so aware of when we're doing them, when we're people pleasing, when we're isolating, when we're numbing out so that we don't stay there. Yes. So that we're doing it and we're like, oh yeah, this is me people pleasing. I just said yes to that thing I don't want to do. How, how am I going to change this? And learning new habits over time. And that's that's what I want the win for people to be.
0: Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing that I love. It's it's like you can go to the table of contents in the book and be like, all right, you know what? Um, self-sabotage is my thing. And then you can just go right to chapter five Yeah, and just dive right there. I I love it. Or if you're, if people pleasing and approval seeking is your thing, go to chapter seven immediately. Or if you're isolating and hiding out, go to chapter two immediately. So I love that about the book that it's like this guide, this thing that you can read from cover to cover, or you can go straight to the thing that you know you can skip around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's, It's fantastic. So I one of the things that I loved in the book. I love so many things as you can hear because I'm all fired up about it. I love um, it. But one of the things that I really stood out to me. This is in the Nobody Likes a Slacker chapter, right? Mm-hmm. On overachievement.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: one of the quotes that you have in he- here and this I just want everyone to listen to this and feel if you feel this way. I felt superior telling people how busy I was. <laughs> Star, star. Like I feel like that is such a common thing that I see in my clients, that I see in myself. There is that thing of like they let's see how busy and how much are doing contest? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about that because I just thought that that was so. Okay, wait. Let me read one more quote about this. Okay, <laughs> okay. Overachievers believe these things. I am my achievements. Mm-hmm. If I can do more, reach all the goals, be as productive as humanly possible, and make sure everyone knows about it, I can avoid criticism, judgment, and rejection. My entire self-worth is based on what I achieve and how people perceive me in relation to my achievements and what I have accomplished. Overachievers have a one-track mind. Achievement equals safety and love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have chills reading that because that is absolutely the truth. And I know that you're recovering, you know, I was, we we call it in, um, reform your inner mean girl, the achievement junkie archetype, right? I'm a recovering achievement junkie. And I I know so many of my clients are so many ambitious, soulful women are that way. Talk to us more about that, hun. Like, well,
1: yeah, me too. And it is one still, I think that I, (coughs) that I struggle with. It's just, it looks different now that I'm a mom and I'm being pulled in a lot of different directions. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was just this morning listening to Oprah's Super Soul podcast, and she had Janine Roth on there, and and Janine was talking about how she she decided not to have children because she knew that it would, in order for her to do her life's work, she needed to not have children. That one, if she had children, that one would suffer, and that and I and I felt bad about myself in that moment because Oprah agreed with her. And because it was like me too, you know, I knew one would suffer and I was like, (laughs) but I, 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 I agree with that, you know, and I've always said motherhood and, um, and entrepreneurship in my case, I'm always dropping the ball somewhere. And to be honest with you, it's become a huge life lesson in learning to surrender and let go. I cannot overachieve in both. And if I choose one to overachieve in, the other yeah. one is going to suffer. Right. So it is kind of like this, this balancing act. And I don't know anyone that has balance. You know, people ask me all the time, like, how do you manage life balance? And I'm like, I don't, I do it right. very messy. I do it like one day at a time. Yeah, totally. We were just laughing about that before we started recording. Yes. But, but in terms of, of um, I just turned to the chapter while you were talking about that. I think that one, one of the things that, and, and before I, before I talk about, what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. This is tricky because I think for so many of us, it's also embedded in our personality. Yeah. And that's why I titled the the chapter, like nobody likes a slacker because we feel like, okay, if I'm not an overachiever, then I'm a slacker. Right. It's either one extreme or the other.
0: There's there's no no in between.
1: Yeah. So I can sympathize. I can empathize with, um, with how that feels. And, you know, for someone to, you know, just telling an overachiever to slow down is like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) it's not going to happen. Right. But and I and it's, it's really scary. And it's like,
0: because it, it, like you said, then, then it's like, I'm going to, I'm either failing or succeeding.
1: There's right. no, who am I? On my terms. It becomes our identity. And, yeah. and, and for, I think for women, especially when we live in a, in a culture that we have to try harder than men in order yeah. to, you know, get accolades and get credit for things, it becomes our identity and we don't know who we are without it. Yeah. We have received love and attention and validation through our achievements. So why would we want to stop doing that? Right. right. But I think just one thing, if I could give one piece of introspection for people. And that is, and this sort of, as you'll see many of the chapters overlap with perfection, this one, you know, with perfectionism, but I think embracing failure is one of the things that, that I really have tried to work on. And I wish we had a different word for failure. I wish we had, you know, failure. And then like a, a sub word that, that meant something a little bit different because I've been asked that in interviews before, like, what's your, what's your biggest failure? And I'm like, I don't really consider them failures because I've always learned so much from them. And I think that if I could offer overachievers anything, it's, it's don't be afraid so much of failure. It is painful. I get it. I don't enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that if we can look at it from another perspective, that can help you in your overachieving. And um, yeah, again, it overlaps with so many other chapters that I can start getting into, but I'll, I'll pause.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I, I just actually did a Facebook live about the topic of failure, um, because it is such a triggering word, especially for overachievers and ambitious women and men. It's like, because failing doesn't mean you're a failure.
1: Right. Exactly. Right.
0: And so it's like really going, Oh, that was, and I always like to think about it as, as like an experiment. Like if you were in the lab, you would, you know, it's like that that whole Thomas Edison quote of like, well, what I really learned was like 4,723 ways to not make a light bulb. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like if you were in the laboratory and you viewed life as a laboratory, then you could be like, oh, okay, that this one failed. What am I going to change next time to have it try to make it succeed and get that that's part of it. And there's that awesome Win- Winston Churchill quote, success is leaping from failure Failure to failure failure without loss of enthusiasm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's so true. There's such a thing. So it's like as an overachiever, uh, like you say in the book, it's like really learning how to be with failure and getting that that doesn't mean that you're a failure.
1: Yeah. 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 That's part of of the solution. And, um, I think also kind of, jumping a little bit over within overachieving is I think it's important for some people to find out where it came from. Who was the person that pushed that on you? And it's, it's in my experience, I didn't come from a family. Like my mom wasn't a tiger mom. My parents never, I know a lot of people, their experiences, their parents really pushed A's anything below an A minus was not acceptable. I was just a product of our culture. And Courtney E. Martin wrote a great book called, um, perfect girls, starving daughters. And and she says that, Mm. that it was the unintended backlash of the feminist movement where our generation heard that we could be anything and do anything that we want. And we heard what the message that we got was that we have to do everything and be everything. Right. And, and again, it wasn't what they intended, but it was, you know, I grew up in the eighties where it was, you know, women were going back to work in droves and they had their suits on with their tennis shoes going to work. And and it was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah." (laughs) And that's how I grew up. And I wanted to be everything and do everything. And, you know, when I started to do that, people were like, bravo woman. And I took it and ran with it. And so it's just, it can be interesting and helpful for some people to figure out where it came from and ask yourself, is that really who I am? Is that true that I need to be that way in order to be safe and loved and accepted?
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that blends so beautifully, like you said, into perfectionism and you have a whole chapter on that talk to us a little bit about that nasty nasty beast of
1: perfectionism because it's so brutal it's and it's brutal. so related to the overachieving it's 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 its sister i would almost yeah. even argue that it's its twin sister and yeah perfectionism is, is such a common one. And I think it's even gotten worse with social media and how much we, and the compare and despair is another chapter, which again, they're like this little trio, I call it like the trio of the triggered. And we just, it's what we do on social media. Like we go and we compare ourselves and we make up stories about other people's lives and how our lives should be. And I think that the failure thing goes right along with this and, and embracing failure and what that actually I think one tool that I could tell people to, to help them with is get out a piece of paper and do some journaling on what does failure mean to you? What do you make up failure means to your life and who you are as a woman? I think that can be really helpful for people, but perfectionism is one of those things that can be paralyzing too. And just, it, it keeps people, stuck and and playing really small and it is I get it it's so scary to put yourself out there with like the uncertainty like we want a guaranteed outcome <laughs> <Right>. totally <laughs> like can it even at least be like close to perfect but um that's why I've like really built a business on you know I took a picture of my selfie this morning with like my messy kitchen in the background and I'm like I look I'm all put together here you guys but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Papers everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and thank goodness, because there
0: is that whole compare and despair game. And there is that whole thing of people only posting the perfect things. Like I, I was saying the other day that it's like, you know, what we just went through the holiday season yeah. recently, right? And so you get in the mail the perfect family picture with the card, the season's greeting card or what have you. And I feel like social media is like that twenty four seven. It's like getting the perfect photo of the family holiday card on twenty four seven, available to you anytime you want. You can just go on and then see the perfect part
1: and not see any of the background part, and yeah. it's crazy making. It's rough, and I talk about this, and I think it's in the compare and despair chapter about try, I mean, if you can control your triggers, control your triggers. I went on an unfollowing frenzy on Instagram a a while back because I had followed a bunch of, I had fallen off the wagon with my fitness routine. And I was like, ah, you know, I kind of feel like getting back on, I'm going to follow a bunch of fitness experts, especially the ones that have like those really awesome, like 30 second videos where they're like, you know, doing squats and then like, and I'm like, and I'm going to do those exercises. Right. Right. Okay, you guys know where this is going, right? So I'm because I'm I'm always ready to work out when I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed. Right. <laughs> set up, set up, red set alert, up, red alert. Set up for just yeah. yeah. So I, I found that I was I had, I had engineered this whole like holiday card thing of people's perfect lives. And then I was also making up stories about their lives. You know, it's like, if this woman can jump squat up three steps at a time, then surely her life is better than mine. And just feeling terrible about myself. So I unfollowed them all, I unfollowed them all, except for maybe a couple who were my actual friends. And it's just, again, it's that awareness. Just be conscious of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's so brilliant. And it's, it's, it is those things like, you know, talking about, again, this is the book, everyone, how to stop feeling like shit. The link is right above where you can go ahead and find out more about it and purchase your copies. It's a fantastic book. It has all of the foundational things that you need to live a better life. It really does. So I highly recommend it again, how to stop feeling like shit. Um, You know, it's like in, in this book, one, one of the things that you also talk a little bit about and towards the end of the book is values Yes, and really looking at what is it that you value? Will you talk for a moment about Mm -hmm. the values before we wrap up here?
1: Yeah, because here's the thing. Uh, Again, this book is full of solutions and values is that thing. I I think, and I I kind of flanked the book with like what I think are the two most imperative foundational pieces in personal development. If you take nothing away from anything we say today or ever again, it's your person, your self-talk and your values, like what they are. And values is one of those things where it's like values. Like, didn't we, don't we learn about that? in like team building at work or something. Right. It's like, well, yes and no it, yeah. values is one of those things that completely changed my life. So I care less about what your values actually are. I, I say like, just professing your values is like naming your child and calling that parenting. That's not actually the case. <laughs> it's like I want to know what your values actually look like On a day-to-day basis, like when things get hard in your life or when you're faced with a decision where you have two choices, one is the easy, more comfortable way. One is the one that actually honors your values, but is harder. You know, you have to have a hard conversation. You have to set a boundary. You have to say no to someone. You have to leave a relationship, et cetera, et cetera. That's what I want to know. Like what, what are your, what are the, how the important question is, what's important about the way you live your life?
0: Yes. Just answering that question. Okay, let me just repeat that question. What's important about the way you live your life? Mm-hmm. And I think, especially for those of you that are parents, that are moms, that are aunties, that are uncles, that are influencing young people, if we can have them understand what your our family values are, and and have them understand that question
1: for themselves, yeah, it's a, that's revolutionary. It really yeah. is. Well, yeah. I think we go through periods of time where we kind of know what, what our, what our family's values are, or if you, you grew up in a religious institution, you know what the religion's values are or work, but what are yours? Yes. You know, some people, some people don't have a value around being of service or giving back. That's okay. Yeah. Some people do have a value around money and and wealth and abundance. That's amazing. Like it's, they belong to you. They're not up for ridicule or judgment from anyone else. You don't have to post them on your Facebook status. Like these are for you. And then again, like what I want to know is what does that actually look like? Because it's really nothing just to say like, Oh, I have a value around spirituality and, and you know, honesty and integrity. So what does that actually mean? That's what I want to know.
0: Right. So can can you give an example of one of your top values for you? Yeah. I think that'd be helpful for people.
1: One of them is courage. And I love that it's courage because it encompasses a lot because you can't have authenticity without calling on courage. You can't Hmm. have honesty and integrity without calling. You can't be creative without calling on courage. So it's sort of of like an umbrella. And uh, for instance, um, yeah, an example might be if someone tells a racist joke, who's been like a longtime friend of mine, and wow. me and that person like haven't actually even, or, or maybe you know, I used to in my former life like laugh about those jokes, and now uh, it's different for me, and yeah. I have to actually say with kindness, you know, I actually find that pretty offensive. That's hard, and that takes wow. courage, yeah. and. The easy way would be for me to just like laugh it off or pretend I didn't hear them or change the subject. Like, and those are all things I could do, but that's not being in alignment with who I really am. That's yeah. not honoring that value. That doesn't make me really proud of who I am. That's the easy way. And I'm not saying that that might be a stepping stone for you, you know, just like not saying right. anything or not laughing about it, but really honoring my value the, for, in, for the sake of that example is to actually say something. I can still say it with kindness, I don't have to be a jerk. I don't have to be confrontational. Right. But that's oof. And that's hard. And I, I feel like
0: in this era of Me Too, of speaking out, of women really supporting women and incredible men also supporting women in having the courage to tell their stories. I just think that that's such a beautiful example of courage and action
1: mm-hmm.
0: is actually mm-hmm. sharing that courage and action saying to the friend that's making that joke, actually, you know what? I don't think that's funny with kindness without yeah. shaming them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I think that's a uh, powerful. And so I'd really ask everyone that's listening, you know, go mm-hmm. and get Andrea's book, of course, how to stop feeling like shit, check out the, the chapter on values this is something that is such a foundational piece of coaching and i and it changed my life too yeah hugely when i understood what my values were and it had me completely change careers and it had me get into coaching because i was like wow if i continue pursuing this line of work all my values are being stepped on on a daily basis yeah. i'm not going to be able to honor how i want to walk in the world So another example for me is one of my top values is fun, like fun and play, huge value for me. Right. And so for me, what that looks like is this is why I'm a huge dance party fan. (laughs) Right. So it's like, and this is something that I try to instill in my family, whether we're driving like this morning, I spent 90 minutes dropping off one kid there, one kid there, the husband at Bart, you know, and it's pouring rain out. It's crazy. Right. So we just get in the car and I put on the song happy. And yeah. we're just rocking out in the car. Cause I'm like, I need to honor <laughs> fun right now because I'm driving in the rain for 90 minutes, dropping everybody off. right? So it's like that, but that's values and action is yeah. understanding. that's important to me. I don't want to start my day off grumpy, driving in the rain for mm-hmm. 90 minutes so I can put on songs and have a dance party and honor my fun value and talk with my kids and like really try to infuse those values into my daily life. love it. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great example. Yeah. So I just want to say, um, we have some people here. We have Sark that is tuned in on Facebook live. Again, this, we're, we're recording this on Facebook live. Um, right when Andrea is launching her fabulous new book, how to stop feeling like shit. Sark says Andrea and her book are backing your values outcomes. Yes. And I know she specifically, I talked with her this morning and she said um, to say hello to you. And she said, courage in action um, we have some other people that are tuned in right now saying, hello, feel free to send us some hearts and some love. Let us know you're here.
1: Do you have a question for us before we wrap up? We yeah, I'm happy up. to answer. Your you question. know what? I would also love to give a book away if that's okay with you, Amy. Oh, of course. <laughs> Yeah. How yeah if anybody, that? why don't we do this? This is completely on the fly. So bear with us yeah. people. So today is Monday. How about, cause I know a lot of people will watch the replay. If someone's yeah. made it this far in the interview, thank you very much. Yeah. And how about by Friday? I have no idea what the date is. So today, I don't even know what today it is. I'm on a you guys. Inch. Yes. We would be looking at the 13th. I think it's the 13th. 12th or 13th. I think it's the 12th. Yeah. yeah. So until January 12th and Great. at the end of the day, um, we will randomly pick a winner. Just tell us what your, what your um, biggest takeaway of the of this talk was and i will on our end we'll mail you out a book and we'll notify you um we'll tag you there and and get it all taken care of
0: okay great so what you're doing is you're commenting below this video those of you that are watching on facebook live with what your biggest takeaway is what you love what you received from this interview and then andrea and her team will select someone at random and they will let you know that you are the winner of the book on friday I love it. Thank Thank you you everybody for showing up. I love it. it. All right. So as we wrap up, here's what I'd like to know from you, darling, as we wrap up the Amy Ayler show here, which is my new podcast. So we're going to be repurposing this live as a podcast. Um, you know what I would love to know is what is one of the biggest wake up calls you've experienced in your life? Oh my gosh. How much time do you have? I know. Right.
1: (laughs) Um I had I've had a couple, but the biggest one by far was my like fetal position moment, you know, on the floor. Do you want me to tell that story? Yeah. I can I can tell it in like a couple of minutes. Yeah, so yeah, we're good. We're good. I was married before. I'm I'm married now, but this is my second husband. My first husband and I had been together for at the time everything split up, we almost 14 years. So we started dating when we were 17. And um we had been married for a couple of years and we were talking about conceiving our first child and he had an affair with our neighbor that lived across the street and got her pregnant. And so we split up and it was devastating. I honestly was less devastated about losing him. It was a tumultuous relationship. I was devastated about losing his family. You know, we had been together for almost 14 years. The grief of all of it was, and just the event of it, you know, being left for another woman, was devastating. And then I immediately started dating, which is something I should not have done, but I didn't know any different. I was very, um, I was very unconscious in my life. So I started dating and met this great guy. He was tall and handsome and funny. And he unfortunately had cancer fast forward nine months after that. He did not in fact have cancer. He had fabricated the story to cover up his opioid addiction and he had siphoned thousands of dollars from me we, um, we were going, we had made plans to move up to Northern California actually. And, um, when everything kind of came out in the open, so, so I had quit my job and I'd gotten out of the lease of my apartment when I found out everything. And I also found out that I was pregnant. So wow. there I was, <laughs> or actually that wasn't my rock bottom moment yet. We had intervention. He went to rehab and, you know, agreed to, to get sober and met someone in rehab and fell in love with her and oh we my. broke up while I was pregnant. So that month, I I was like three months pregnant then. So that was my wake up call. That was like when I decided to take responsibility for my life. And that all happened within the span of about 18 months. Um, My son is 10 now it's been, it's been a while and I changed my life. I decided it was time for me to look at what was going on in my life, I had completely ignored my intuition on numerous occasions, including marrying my first husband, including I was on the first date with that guy. And my intuition was like, something's not right, but I don't know what it is. This seems way too good to be true. I should probably not date him again, but instead I slept with him on the first date instead. You know, it's like, that was the kind of mindset I was in. I was just unconscious to my life. I was terrified of everything and everyone, and I was not coping well. Wow. And, you know, that's, that's, there's a memoir coming because the story is like head explosion. Like, I mean, it's
0: like, <laughs> it's you know, it's like when truth is stranger than fiction, it's like,
1: wow, I could not make up a story like that. You like, could and not make up a story. I that. was talking to somebody else, but I was telling the story and people were like, that's or, no, it was you earlier. And you're like, I can't like the whole, th- I had that moment where I was like, is this actually happening to me? Like, <laughs> <bam>! <laughs> and my, even like my friends and family were kind of like, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a long wow. time where I was not laughing about it, but now right, it's worse. Nice. It's, it's been a long time healing. So for anyone out there listening who has had similar situation where you feel like you can't go on or you feel like you, I, I was very ashamed of where I had ended up of the choices right. that I, the wrong turns I had taken, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I am so incredibly grateful for that because yeah. I was just going along Little misprivileged, you know, like (laughs) no real problems, coping terribly with life and the universe intervened. I think the universe drop kicked me into my life and said, if you will not wake up, then we will. It was like getting cold, ice cold water thrown in my face with a brick. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So again, like if, if you're in that place right now, if you're in the midst of a major wake up call, that's not delivered, you know, in a really beautiful, like the angels were singing in my meditation this morning and I woke up, (laughs) it's like, sometimes life kicks you in the ass and it's happening. Hey, first of all, run and get your copy of the book because you'll read more about Andrea's story and, and it's like, use this as hope that look at where she is today in a wonderful marriage to gorgeous children doing the work that you were born to do that you mm-hmm. want to have like your calling you had to have all of that stuff happen i believe I had to in mm-hmm. order for you to be the incredible coach today with your podcast your kickass life with these best selling books like being able to just share what you are and, and the thing that, and I was telling you this before we went live, but the thing that I love the most about this book is you feel like you are in a conversation with Andrea just telling you the freaking truth mm-hmm. and you know, you're our fellow truth teller. That's why I adore you and why I love masterminding with you and being a colleague of yours. It's like, you can hear your voice so clearly and distinctly in this book. And that, you know, if you're resonating with what we're doing right now, you're going to, you're going to just love the book so much because that's exactly the tone of the book. It's like, listen, sweetheart, like, (laughs) I mean, let's sit down and have a come to Jesus right now. We
1: need to have a conversation. Yeah, Yeah, no. And I I appreciate the people that did that with me early on. And I'm also doing a free book club for anybody. Yes that, um, that signs up or that gets the book before January 22nd. So it's, if you have a hard copy or audio, it's also available on audiobook or e-reader. Um, I think that you have that link and it's, um, you yes. just go to claim bonuses on that link that you posted in the comments. Yes. It's totally free. It's four weeks long. I'm guiding everybody chapter by chapter. What a huge bonus gift. I mean, I, I think that's so
0: powerful and to be really led by the author is, I, I mean, this is a huge value for everybody. So definitely you want to pick up your book sooner rather than later, get a few copies. Like I said, and, um, I just thank you so much, darling, for being here with me on this Facebook live. I think you're extraordinary. You're the real deal. You walk your talk and you tell the truth. And I so appreciate that. Tune into, um, your podcast as well, which is your kick-ass life. And, um, any final words before we, before we go. Um, before we turn the off button on the live, Before we
1: turn the off button on. No, I think I'm just grateful for everybody who's, I know everyone's time is precious and you're being uh, pulled in a lot of different directions these days. So thank you for tuning in, whether you're here on the Facebook live or the replay or or the Amy Ehlers show. And I just, I thank you for your work in the world. And you are one of the most supportive people I know. Oh, and I know for everyone listening who follows Amy, like this woman is the real deal. Like you are so incredibly genuine. And I just adore you. So thank you. Thanks. Honey. Mutual admiration society. Let's just validate the shit out of each other for an yes. hour. Everyone will want to yes, watch exactly. that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Amy Ayler show. Keep releasing the self-bullying and embracing the self-compassion. Until next time, it's Amy Aylers signing off, sending you so much love. Mwah. Bye-bye, everyone. Oh my goodness, how much fun was that? Isn't Andrea awesome? Thank you so much for tuning in to The Amy Ayler Show. And I want to remind you as we wrap up today's show to definitely join me for the Inner Wisdom Experiment. If you're not already doing that with me, definitely come on over to innerwisdomexperiment.com and I will hook you up with a free five-day challenge. We're already in the midst of that challenge to connect to your voice of truth within, but no worries, you can catch right on up. And even if you're listening to the show years from now, I'm gonna keep that page alive because I know how important it is for us to really connect in with our inner wisdom and our voice. Voice of Truth, and make sure also if you're not following me on Facebook yet, head on over to facebook.com/forward/slash Amy Ayler's Coach, and that way you can catch me when I go live sometimes. But no worries if you're not a Facebook Live person, I feel ya. I've got you covered. I'll make sure to also post these on the Amy Ayler Show on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and all the places where this show is being broadcast. So with that, I am wishing you so much love. Keep releasing that self-bullying and embracing the truth about how amazing you are. Until next time, it's Amy Ehlers signing off.